Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 672. You may still laugh, but know there is a darker half. She spun away to arm's length, pulling me through the water in a slow spiral. A clever mortal fears the night without a hint of sweet moonlight. She began to draw my hand to her chest, dragging me through the water toward her as she spun. On such a night, each step you take might catch you in the dark moon's wake and pull you all unwitting into fay. She stopped and gave me a grim look, where you will have no choice but stay. Valerian took a step backwards in the water, tugging at me. And on such unfamiliar ground, how can a mortal help be drowned? I took another step toward her and found nothing beneath my feet. Valerian's hand was suddenly no longer clasping mine, and black water closed over my head. Blind and choking, I began to thrash desperately, trying to find my way back to the surface. After a long, terrifying moment, Valerian's hand caught me and dragged me into the air as if I weighed no more than a kitten. She brought me close to her face, her dark eyes hard and glittering. When she spoke, her voice was clear. I do this so you cannot help but hear a wise man's view, a moonless night with fear. And that's the page and also the chapter. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Can Kvothe not swim? I mean, I think he can swim. I just think he can't. When she's holding his head under the water, I don't think he can do anything about it. Oh, I didn't read that she was holding his head under the water. I I, I was sort of reading that. Yeah, go he, ahead. He just, he was wading in the water and then he took a step and it became deep. Yeah. And he he started thrashing just like. Suddenly, but she's not holding his hand under the water. Valerian's hands caught me and dragged me into the air. No, you're right. She just leads him to, uh, to step kind of off the edge of the of the ground he's walking on because she takes on a step backward in the ground. water. Yes. Yeah. So he can't she, swim. No, he's just surprised. Yeah, he like if you've like ever taken a step in water and it like there's no ground there. I mean, I do think it's weird that he doesn't just float. So I think there must there's something else happening here too. Yeah, this feels either magic no, or Quoth can't are, swim because like No, you guys are really okay, I know that this is a podcast where we overanalyze stuff, but you guys are really overanalyzing this. This is just a metaphor. This is just like Felurian basically telling the story and driving the metaphor home. Yeah, I understand that, swim, but it's not that there's any magic happening. But it's that no, she led him to an unfamiliar piece of ground and he yeah, stepped But his reaction a is disproportionate. Bit. His reaction is disproportionate. If I am walking on the water, like if I'm if I'm swimming and I'm like walking on the ground, if I'm swimming, I'm walking we know on the ground you under think the water, and then the ground goes away. I don't fall because there's no gravity. The buoyancy of the water would keep me up. But you might My if head- someone is leading you and you're trusting them to bring you somewhere where you'll continue to wait and you're surprised. Yeah, my head might go underwater for a minute, but I wouldn't feel the need to thrash desperately and find my way back to the surface, which tells me that there is something supernatural happening there. 
Okay. Because Florian's hands have to catch him and drag him into the air. So it's not like his head just briefly bobs underwater. It's like he's sunk 10 feet. Classic Jeremy with his crackpot theories. And we know that Quoth can swim. We've seen him swim before. He's like, you know, gun swimming in a river or whatever. So it's not that he can't swim. All right. Confirmed. There is water magic at work. There is a water curse. Quoth's swimming skill is at a minus 10 while he's in the Fae. But you are right that this is just Valerian's way of getting him to pay attention and drive the metaphor home. What I think is weird, and my weird crackpot theory, is this is the only time when the diegetic narration rhymes with the spoken word. When she spoke, her voice was clear. I do this so you cannot help but fear. A wise man views a moonless night with fear. I said fear twice, but you know what I mean. I don't think that's intentional. I don't think that the narration is meant to rhyme I don't think that it's meant to be a, a bit of I don't think that this is like the the narration rhyming with the dialogue in the way that the dialogue rhymes with intention. I think this is just a a moment. I, I choose not I to mean, overanalyze this. It's it's unusual, I think. Usually the narration does not join the meter or or rhyme with what the spoken dialogue is when it's rhyming. So it's a little here's bit the stands out to me a little bit. I think Rothfuss did it because it sounds nice, but I don't think that it has like narrative significance. Whereas I do think that when characters are talking to each other and what they're saying rhymes, I do think that might have narrative significance. Yes, I also agree with that. Yes, we are in accord. And I mean, this is just another example of Rothfuss. Rothfuss is so good at keeping us on our toes with Valerian because... She is constantly mercurial. Like sometimes she is sweet and sexy and, you know, fun. And sometimes she is scary and wild and uh, strange. And she she could be any one of those at any moment. She's totally unpredictable in that way. Yeah. She's an animal. I don't know that I'd say she's a cat, but I do think that the idea is that she's primal, that she's untamable. She is not... Uh, socialized and cannot be socialized. All right, fair. I stand by that she's a cat. <laughs> I mean, I think of cats as being a lot friendlier and easier to understand than Falurian, but I am a cat owner, so... Yeah, as a person who well. does not own pets but meets many of other people's pets, I feel like cats are a little well, more I think unpredictable. That... Well, I think the, the, let's let's dive into this then. Certainly, cats are more unpredictable, but they're still domesticated. And well, I think, yeah, funny you Valerian should say that. Cannot be domesticated. Oh, here we go. Okay, so I was I mean, watching this documentary the other day, <laughs> and so apparently the differences between the wild cat that domesticated cats are descended from and like an actual like house cat are not very different. Like the way their brains work are very, very similar. So even though that cat is living in your house and it's theoretically domesticated, you essentially just have a wild animal living in your house. They're a lot closer to each other than, say, dogs and wolves are. Yeah. Right. The main difference is the parasite that cats carry that goes into humans' brains and slowly infects them and turns them into cat lovers. Yeah, that's terrifying. Also, not a joke. Look it up. That only happens uh, in certain cases. That's not like a universal... That sounds like something someone who's been affected by the parasite would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Tell me, Jeremy, do you feel the urge to go to the cat pool every month or so to soak up the the life giving cat rays? Yeah, I let the little worm uh, go into my go into my ear and fold itself around the folds of my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I return to my cat. Just keep home. an eye out for those pesky andalites. Yeah, those bastards, four legged blue deer, scorpion tail freaks. I hate them. All right, we're clearly done so on the much. page, so I'm going to go ahead with my last <laughs> note here. Uh, it is the what would that be, end of the yeah. end of the chapter. Did you just call me Jeremy? <laughs> Look, if I he say Jer and say Dana, I can basically capture both of you, so I really don't have to think too hard about who I'm talking to. Great. I being uh, Dana. Okay, back to what I was saying. <laughs> It is the end of a chapter. This chapter was called The Ever-Moving Moon because it's about Valorian telling Quoth about the moon. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, you could also take it to mean like Valorian's character in this sequence where she is, uh, as Jeremy pointed out, kind of an equal measure, uh, soft and caring and also wild, unpredictable and slightly dangerous. Yeah. The ever-moving moon, that particular phrase is also the phrase that we've heard characters swear by before. Yeah, it's sort of a, a capon, uh, much and more uh, phrase. That shows up a lot. Yes. It has its, its weight drained from it. I'm kidding. It's a great, great turn of phrase. Uh, yeah, that's that works for me. All right. Uh, and listeners, we will work for you on tomorrow's page. Uh... The Wee. Wee.